Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Hope you guys had a great weekend. It was an interesting sports weekend. If you're like me, you're watching the World Cup, as that is the only sporting event pretty much going on right now, other than uh, baseball with hockey season, basketball over. This is this is certainly the dry part of the season, right? Or the dry part of the year as far as uh, big-time sports go. With the World Cup this summer, it's giving us a little something to watch. Also, it was an interesting sports weekend because LeBron James, uh, the, the biggest athlete in the world, switched teams. He went from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the L.A. Lakers. This is, this is something that had been rumored for a very long time that, uh, you know, first of all, I don't think he was happy with the Cleveland team as it was constructed at the end of the year. And, of course, they got swept in the NBA Finals. But also, there's been a lot of rumors about, you know, he has ambitions in Hollywood and, uh, you know, he has a family moving out there and he has he had a home in L.A. already. And so it seems like the, the later part of his career is going to be spent uh, in L.A. And so I think that's why he signed that deal. If you want to hear more about the LeBron to L.A. deal, I, I highly encourage you to go listen to both Locked On Lakers for their perspective on getting LeBron James into their organization and also Locked On Cavaliers for their perspective on losing LeBron James now for a second time. And as much as we Steeler fans like to laugh at the city of Cleveland, and of course it is it is kind of amusing to watch LeBron James leave Cleveland now for a second time. Although this time I think with much less hard feelings than there was the first time because LeBron did deliver on that championship. But still there's you know there's a little bit of of Schadenfreude here watching uh watching the or, uh, watching Cleveland fans be a little bit miserable. I will say this though, you know, we are just two weeks away from the Le'Veon Bell negotiation ending and the Steeler fans feeling a lot, you know, very similar, I should say, to how Cleveland fans feel today. While Le'Veon won't necessarily be leaving the team on July 16th, for all intents and purposes, we will know that that this season is Le'Veon's last as a Pittsburgh Steeler, and that's not going to be a great feeling to wake up to. So uh, hopefully the Steelers will get something done in the next couple weeks. Again, you know, there's not been a lot of talk at this point, or we haven't heard a lot of reports about the two sides getting together, uh, no negotiation going on just yet that we've heard of. It's not really surprising to me. First of all, this is generally the time between late June and like mid-July that, uh, you know, this is the time when coaches and front office people can finally go on vacation, right? This is This is the first time that really nothing is going on in the NFL. Of course, as soon as the season ends, we go right into the combine and free agency and then draft preparation and then the draft itself. And then you go into rookie mini camps and OTAs and mini camp. And it's just one thing after another in the NFL offseason. And really right now is the only time when there's really nothing going on. And of course, uh, you know, the Steelers have this, this deadline two weeks from now. I anticipate that as we get very close to that deadline, talks will start to heat up again. As I've said before, this is a, this is a negotiation that has been going on for two years now. Le'Veon knows what the Steelers are offering. The Steelers know what Le'Veon wants. Uh, it's really going to take that deadline to get something done. So I expect to hear more uh, in the next couple of weeks. We are, of course, just three weeks away now from the start of training camp. That begins on July 25th. And so we are at the, the stretch run here of the offseason because as soon as training camp starts, you know, pretty much two weeks later... We've got real preseason football to watch. And so, uh, you know, from there, it is just a steamroll 
towards the regular season. So really, you know, if you're like me, who someone who who loves training camp and loves you know reading the reports, and I'll be at training camp uh, this year for every practice. So we'll be doing uh, podcast live from Steelers training camp. We are just three weeks away now from you know the the start of the season, pretty much. So that that is that is very very exciting. Today on the podcast, we are going to start a position by position. Review The Steelers now are done with acquiring talent. They have gone through free agency. We have gone through the draft. We have heard reports out of minicamp and OTAs. I have done the, the re-review of last season. So I feel like over the next couple weeks, let's go position by position and take a look at what the Steelers have at that position. We will start today with the quarterback position. So we'll start today at the quarterback position and take a look at what is an intriguing position group, right? Ben Roethlisberger, of course, is going to be our starter. But behind him, you have Landry Jones, rookie Mason Rudolph, and Josh Dobbs, who a lot of people have said looked very, very good in both OTAs and minicamp, or I should say much improved over where he was a year ago. And if you watched Josh Dobbs a year ago in both training camp and in preseason, he left a lot to be desired. He, he reminded me a lot of where Landry Jones was very early in his in his career, right? Landry Jones was a preseason darling in that he got all of the preseason reps very early in his career and looked very, very poor doing so. And so when Landry eventually got the backup gig, I think there was a lot of worry in Pittsburgh, you know, just how good is Landry going to be at the backup? I, I actually don't think those fears have gone away. I think there's a there's a large contingent, or at least a vocal contingent, of Steeler fans that is just not a Landry Jones fan. Uh, you know, regardless, Josh Dobbs is an interesting prospect right now because he's going to force the Steelers to make a decision at backup quarterback that will have a ripple effect. Right? If the Steelers want to go with Mason Rudolph as their backup, right? If they feel like this rookie who they had a first-round grade on, is going to be the backup quarterback. Well, that's going to cause the Steelers to have to make a decision at the number three spot, right? You can't have... Whoever wins the backup role decides the number three spot. If it's if it's Landry, well, then Mason Rudolph's your number three guy. Sorry, Josh Dobbs. Maybe he heads to the practice squad, and he does have practice squad eligibility, so that might be an interesting spot for him, but... You know, I don't know what the Steelers would be doing with Josh Dobbs at on, on the practice squad, having both Mason Rudolph and Landry Jones on the roster. Why do you need four quarterbacks? Now, on the other hand, if it turns out that Mason Rudolph, and, and we've heard reports about Mason Rudolph about how well he's been doing at both OTAs and minicamp, and, and, and really not just how well he's doing, but the improvement that he's made practice over practice from rookie minicamp into OTAs and then finally at minicamp itself. It's going to be an interesting position battle to watch at training camp. We haven't had really any intrigue at quarterback for so long, really since 2004, right? It's 14 years now that the Steelers have had Ben Roethlisberger and had relative stability at the quarterback position. This is at least an interesting quarterback battle when it comes to the backup spot. If it's Mason Rudolph, well, then I think there's a legitimate chance that Landry Jones could be released and you go with Josh Dobbs, behind Mason Rudolph. Number one, it saves you a bit on salary. I don't think Landry Jones' salary is... I think it's like a million and a half. But but Josh Dobbs, I believe, is making the league minimum right now, which is you know in the hundreds of thousands of dollar range. So potentially the Steelers could save a million dollars on the cap, and we are 
at this point a cash-strapped football team. So that is a, that is certainly going to be something to watch for. Now, out of Mason Rudolph, what I want to see in training camp is, again, this kind of improvement from where he was at minicamp and continuing to improve through training camp. What, you know, you want to see him show a command of the offense. It's not something we've seen out of either Dobbs or Landry Jones really at any point. Right, you want to see a guy who feels like a natural. There's there's just something about quarterbacks to me that when you watch them play in the National Football League, either they have it or they don't. And it generally shows up pretty early, even in preseason games. I'm reminded of Dak Prescott and him lighting it up in preseason and ultimately becoming the Cowboys starting quarterback that year in place of an injured Tony Romo. That's the kind of preseason that I'm looking for from Mason Rudolph. Now, the other question here is going to be just playing time given in preseason games. When you have Landry Jones, you have Mason Rudolph, and you have Josh Dobbs, you want to, of course, give Mason Rudolph as many reps as you can. You don't want to slight, uh, you don't want to slight Dobbs. You also kind of don't want to slight Landry Jones, but I could definitely see a case where, of course, Ben Roethlisberger is probably only going to play the third preseason game and only a drive or two in that one. I could see I could see a case where it's going to be Landry Jones for a series or two in each of the other games, and then Mason Rudolph for like three quarters, and then you'll see Josh Dobbs in the fourth quarter. I think that's probably how it's going to play out in preseason. So Mason Rudolph's certainly going to get his he's certainly going to get his reps, no doubt about that. All right, the Steelers certainly are going to want to know what they have in Mason Rudolph and know early, because this is all about projecting for the future. What do we have in Mason Rudolph? Uh, is he the future whenever Ben Roethlisberger decides to hang up? It's certainly interesting in that way. Now, talking about Ben Roethlisberger himself, I have to talk about this David Carr situation. David Carr, an analyst on NFL Network, who, you know, and as I talked, this is like the dry season of, of news and notes, right? There's not a whole lot going on because everybody's on vacation and all of that. And so we have to invent stories a little bit. David Carr wrote a top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL list that excluded Ben Roethlisberger, right? And not only did it exclude Ben Roethlisberger, but it included both his brother, Derek Carr, who, who David Carr put at four. Not only did he put, I mean, you're going to put Derek, you're going to put your brother on your top 10 list, fine. But at, at number four, his list is, his list is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and I don't even, no one's going to argue with those three as your top three quarterbacks, right? Now, Ben probably should be four, but no, it's Derek Carr. Okay, Ben should be five. No, it's Russell Wilson. Okay, you could actually make an argument. I would actually listen to an argument about Russell Wilson better than Ben Roethlisberger at this point. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy into that argument, but okay, maybe. Uh, then he's got like Matt Stafford, and you get into Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan, all of these guys better than Ben Roethlisberger at this point. You know, and it gets even sillier as we get down the list. As number ten on David Carr's list is Jimmy Garoppolo, a player who's only played what six, seven games in the NFL total. Yes, he was five and zero last season with the 49ers in a bunch of meaningless games for the 49ers. Right? I mean, that was a team that had what one win when he took over, and yeah, he went five and zero, and they, you know, they they looked very good. And he looks like he could be. Uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. But to put him right now in that spot and not put Carson Wentz on this list at all, who D David Carr says he left off, he left Carson Wentz off the list because, quote, 
He's not sure coming off of the injury how his team is going to use them. You're not sure how the Eagles are going to use Carson Wentz? <laughs> yeah, maybe they're going to start Nick Foles next year. You never know. I guess you never know. Uh, you know, he also didn't put Deshaun Watson on the list, which, again, if we're just going on pure potential for players, well, Deshaun, you know, no quarterback in the NFL a year ago. Well, I guess Jimmy Garoppolo and Deshaun Watson fit the same bill, right? They, they, they certainly looked like top quarterbacks for the glimmer that we saw them. But really, it's what's really gotten me about this conversation is that it's gotten even stupider over time. Instead of this just being an article that was okay, it was published on NFL.com, and yeah, this is a silly season. Who cares? Hot take. Let's get you know moving on. Instead, it's just turned into this constant. Like he's doubling down on these comments. I was watching NFL Network the other night, and he's talking about how he can't put Ben Roethlisberger on this list because one, he's not the same quarterback as he was. When he was younger, Ben is not the kind of Sandlot quarterback that he was when he was younger, and I think that's that's true, right? That is just that's I mean that is a fact. Ben Roethlisberger does not do as much running around, but that hasn't made him significantly worse as a quarterback. And then number two, the the the, the Chiron the the graphic at, during this segment says is is Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown carrying Ben Roethlisberger? Are Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown carrying Ben Roethlisberger? Are you kidding me? Are you are you even watching this football team? Now, are they making are they making Ben Roethlisberger better? Yes. Is Rob Gronkowski making Tom Brady better? Yes. Is Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram did they make Drew Brees better? Yes. Yes. Your surrounding talent makes you better, no doubt about that, right? But how how in the world are we going to say that? Ben Roethlisberger is being carried by Antonio Brown, carried by Le'Veon Bell. That's where that's where this this whole thing gets even sillier. And it's, it, again, it's another one of those things that just has no basis. In fact, if you look over time, at the amount of time we have, we have proof of what this team looks like when you take Antonio Brown off the team, when you take Le'Veon Bell off the team. These are two guys who, over the past three seasons, have had their fair share of injuries. And Ben Roethlisberger has had his fair share of injury as well. So you can pretty much take some time and and you can look at the mix and match of it. What happens when you take Le'Veon out of the offense? D'Angelo Williams that one year carried the offense just fine without Le'Veon Bell. The, The Steelers went to the divisional round of the playoffs that year. In fact, they went to the divisional round without Antonio Brown and looked very good against a Denver team that would ultimately go on to win the Super Bowl that year. Le'Veon Bell has had his fair share of injuries over his career, so you can go back, and he's had suspensions as well. You can go back and look at this team without Le'Veon Bell. How have they done? They've done pretty well, right? And they wouldn't—they're not—they're not undefeated without Le'Veon, but they've done pretty well without him. Without Antonio Brown, again, like I said, they did pretty well in that game against the Broncos. Without without Antonio Brown this year against the New England Patriots. Again, they were a NFL screw job away from beating the Patriots without Antonio Brown for a large portion of that game. They they beat the Texans the next week in a absolute blowout in Houston. I get that Houston was one of the worst teams in the National Football League, but the offense didn't exactly take a step backwards without Antonio Brown, right? Now, and we've also seen games without Ben Roethlisberger. So we we can see if you took another quarterback and put him in the same offense surrounded by all of this talent. Go back and watch the Patriots game where Landry Jones started. Go back and watch the Chiefs game. What was it? Two, three years ago when Landry Jones started. 
Go watch this offense with Le'Veon Bell, with Antonio Brown, without Ben Roethlisberger, and tell me that they're carrying Ben Roethlisberger. It's a totally different offense when Ben Roethlisberger isn't in there. I will agree that Ben Roethlisberger has regressed. Yes, I agree with that. Ben Roethlisberger right now is not at the prime of his career. This is not peak Ben Roethlisberger. We are seeing a different Ben Roethlisberger at this point. He has the best offensive line he's ever played behind. He has the best running back he's ever played with. He has the best wide receiver he's ever played with. That is making him better. That is making him better. No doubt about it, right? That is making him better. Now, is he not a top 10 quarterback because of that? That's where I just, you know, that's where I I throw my hands up in the air. I don't know how you can say that. Ben Roethlisberger at this point, I think, needs to work on protecting the football better. This team, especially the way it's constructed right now, with a defense that is suspect, turnovers are magnified even greater, right? Because every time you give, first of all, these these kind of pick sixes that we saw a year ago, the fumble touchdowns that we saw a year ago, killer. Because you're giving the point this, the def, or the the other team points without even making them earn it. And not to say that defensively, you know, we were going to stop them anyway. But you know, three points is not good at all, especially with a defense that has been as leaky as we have been. But also. Just giving teams better field position has, generally speaking, over the past couple years, led to some of the easiest scores of the season. Right? You know, giving the giving the team the ball on the 20-yard line, yes, you could argue stop them for a field goal, but that just hasn't been the case. Especially it wasn't the case at the end of last season. And it wasn't really the case a large part of 2016 as well. You look at the big turnovers that happened that season. So Ben Roethlisberger definitely, I feel like, has to cut out the interceptions. He's had three years in a row now where he's thrown 10-plus interceptions, double-digit interceptions over the past three seasons. He's got to cut that out, right? That has certainly got to be cut out. I think the other thing, the other criticism you could, you could have about Ben Roethlisberger at this point in his career is he's got to play better on the road. Statistically speaking, he has been a different quarterback over the past, I think it's three seasons now, of this Ben on the road storyline that we've been here, that we've been we've been watching, right? Ben Roethlisberger at home has been a all-star, Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame type quarterback over the past three years. But on the road, it has certainly taken a, a turn for the worse. And you know, last season I think he he worked his way out of it a little bit. There were games against, of course, the game against Houston. He had a great game, but there was a game against Cincinnati late in the year where he had a decent game. Um, and then the game against uh, Kansas City, I thought he, he, while he didn't play great football in that one, he played about his best we've seen him play on the road over the past couple of seasons. But this this home road disparity that we're seeing from Ben, I don't know what it comes from. He's a veteran player. You would think that a veteran player like him wouldn't have these kind of large swings from home and road. But it, you know, it's been happening to him over the past couple of seasons. I think those are things... Not to say that we're you know we're hoping Ben's going to work on his game, right? You know I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be better in 2018 than he was in 2017. The thing I hope about Ben Roethlisberger is that relative stability on the offense. Vance McDonald, he, you know he's yes he's a new starter in that he was hurt for so much of 2017, but he's been a part of these offseason workouts. He'll hopefully be a part of all of training camp. I just hope that. Ben has more continuity with the offense, more continuity with his wide receivers, more continuity with his tight ends, just more continuity with with the offense in general. And of course, 
with Randy Feigner. So much of last season was was because of the slow start that Ben Roethlisberger had early on. I, I hope that that can be. Uh, I hope that that can be remedied by a good offseason and just more time to work with some of the new talent offensively. Now, you know, I don't want to criticize uh, David Carr too much because, look, this is a this is a weird hot take that he put out there in the middle of June, the middle or the beginning of July. Uh, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. If you guys want to hear my uh, worst hot take I ever had, you know, of my entire podcasting career, and, I, you know, there's 10 years of Steeler Country podcast you guys can mine through for some of the worst and dumbest takes I've ever had. But the best one, it, it, is, it is Ben Roethlisberger related. You go back and listen to Steeler Country episode 205. you got to go to www.steelercountrypodcast.com. Uh, you'll find it on there. You can, you can search for it on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. Episode 205, it is the post-game first Jaguars game of last year when, this, when Ben Roethlisberger threw... Five interceptions. I proclaimed it right there. The end of this is the end of Ben Roethlisberger. This is what the end looks like for Ben. He will never be the same quarterback again. He might not be this bad every week, but this is the end, right? We're not going to see vintage Ben ever again. That was that was a super cold take uh, looking back on it. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger in the second half of last season had a, a career resurgence in a lot of ways. And hopefully, you know, my hope is that he can take the, the performance he had over the past nine games of 2017, including the playoff game, and start start there in 2018. All right? Let's see this offense be the 30-point-a-game offense we've been talking about for the past three seasons but haven't actually seen it for run, one reason or another. I think this is an offseason that we haven't added a ton of new talent. Yes, we have James Washington instead of Martavis. Yes, Vance McDonald is technically a new starter, but again, he's there for the whole workouts. Juju, there for all these workouts. James Washington, there for all these workouts, right? Especially as we get into training camp. Hopefully, that will lead to a better, more consistent Ben Roethlisberger in 2018. And behind him, of course, I think the intrigue there is all about can Mason Rudolph beat out Landry Jones for that backup spot? If he is the quarterback that the Steelers have made him out to be. If he is if he is this first-round talent uh, up there with the likes of Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, then he's got to be able to beat out Landry Jones, right? Landry Jones is not a starter-capable quarterback. He's been a decent backup for the Steelers. I think he has improved, certainly, from where he was as a rookie. Uh, but Mason Rudolph, to me, if he is the guy that the Steelers think, think he is, you know, the first part of that is, is to have a good training camp, a good preseason, and beat out Landry Jones for the backup spot, which then puts the Steelers in an interesting spot when it comes to the third quarterback. And what do they do with Josh Dobbs? If Josh Dobbs looks uh, better than he did a year ago, would the Steelers consider keeping him at the third spot over Landry Jones uh, and then ultimately saving the cap room by cutting Landry Jones after training camp? It's going to be interesting, right? Quarterback position this year, while it's not a normally interesting position for the Steelers because it is pretty much Ben Roethlisberger and then whoever's going to be the backup. This year, there's actually some intrigue around Mason Rudolph, uh, and that is that is exciting going into training camp. We're going to have a bit of a training camp battle. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. You can find me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back tomorrow to talk about the running backs and previewing that position right here. 
on Locked On Steelers.